Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. fans and here we at it again you another episode of the two minute round your hooks and jabs look at the female fight world here on block talk radio my name is felipe leon this is episode number 34 and with me like always uh my co-host mr david avila david how you doing tonight very good very good felipe how are you good good thank you and with us also boxing insider miss amy green miss green how you doing tonight i'm doing well how are you guys Good. Thank you. In about 15 minutes, we should have a little bit of a blast from the past. We're going to have the very busy Elena Reed, former <coughs> fighter, former boxing boxer and MMA fighter, joining us as well on the show. If you'd like to give us a call, you can do so at 323-580-5735. Again, it's 5-8-0-5-7-3-5. We'll be talking about everything that happened in the last couple of weeks in female boxing and also what's coming up and uh, some news and notes. Anything that you guys wanted to start off with? I'm I'm fine. Good. Okay. Well, let's get into the uh, the fight results very quickly. In the last couple of weeks, there wasn't that many fights, but there was one very important fight that went down. But started on Friday, September 29th, from the Pabellón La Casilla in Bilbao, Spain. A little bit of a of an upset where Ina Sagadavashkaya, something like that, uh, scored a unanimous decision over Maria Lindbergh, capturing the vacant 150-pound silver title, uh, WBC, uh, with scores of 97 to. Uh, 92 two times and 96 93 that happened out there in Spain where not only do they not get a lot of boxing but they hardly ever get any female boxing and here we had a, a a fight that actually happened in Spain with I don't think I don't know if Maria Lindbergh is a uh, is Spanish um, no so that was not. not so that was kind of interesting that that they, they would have this uh, fight in Spain where you don't really see a lot of uh, a lot of boxing but the fight that was probably the most important in the last couple of weeks was Saturday, September 30th from the Centro Regional de Deporte de las Americas in Ecatepec, Mexico. It was shown uh, in prime time in Mexico on the biggest uh, Mexican terrestrial network, Televisa, which is something that is very common in Mexico. We had Jessica Latquica Chavez scoring a, a wide unanimous decision over Esmeralda Moreno to capture, to not only defend her WBC flyweight title, but also to capture the diamond 
uh, belt that the WBC had put up as the grand prize of the uh, final for the WBC-sponsored female flightweight tournament. This was the final. It was also the trilogy, the end of the trilogy, and the rematch of their fight of the year for 2016 between Jessica Chavez and Esmeralda Moreno. Scores were 99-91 two times and 99-90. Moreno went down to the uh, canvas in the seventh round. And I was pretty surprised that, you know, Chavez had such an easy time with Moreno. To me, Moreno just didn't show up for this fight. What do you think, David? Uh, You know, it kind of reminded me of when uh, Marc Antonio Barrera fought uh, Eric Morales in that they had this big war the first time as fight of the year, just like Chavez and Moreno in, in, in this fight. And then Chavez kind of learned her, her weaknesses and then decided, why why do I brawl with this girl and I can just outbox her every round? And that's what she did. She just outboxed her. And, and she pretty much put the cherry on top with that seventh-round knockdown where she caught her with a perfectly placed left hook, or I think it was left, right hook, I believe it was, and, and dropped her to the canvas. And by that time, I think you could see the body language and, and the look in Moreno's face that she knew that her goose was cooked and, and that was pretty much the end of the fight. Yeah, that that was uh, a surprise. I was surprised that it was so easy a victory for Chavez. Did you get a chance to watch well, the fight? She won. Well, she, you know, I, I read some results on it, and like you said, you know, they had an epic war and they had another fight, and not that it wasn't an exciting fight. It's just it was a little more technical on her part when she finally realized, you know, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to make it a war every single minute of every single round. And, you know, she she improved, in that, not improved enough, but she learned her enough that she knew what to do. And like you said, the cherry, the cherry on top was getting the knockout, and she just really beat her to the punch on everything. And that's, you know, like you said, you know, her her demeanor was starting to show that she was, you know, being in defeat. So, you know, it was a smart win, and it was probably a little more tactical than the first one. Now, after the fight, Kika Chavez in her post-fight uh, interview mentioned that she wanted to go for another title. Now, she didn't she didn't specify if it was within the division, the 112-pound division, or if she wanted to move up to super flyweight. Now that she has pretty much, even though she just has that one WBC title, she pretty much has claimed she's the best flyweight in the world. I mean, obviously, she would have to beat the other ones to make it official. But on paper, she is the best flyweight in the world as of right now. Now, if she were to go up to super flyweight and, and try to go for that WBC uh, title, I don't think it would be that big of a problem because the winner there, the champion there, is Lupita Martinez, who, you know, even though she defeated a very solid uh, Lova Munoz, She's not at the at Jessica's level. Do you think, David? Uh, no, I don't think so. The the one thing she does have going for her though is she's a little taller, taller than than uh, Jessica Chavez. Well, at least appears to be taller. Yes. Longer so arms. I mean, but I I just skill wise, I don't think that 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 would make that big of a of a difference to stop Kika Chavez. I mean, Kika Chavez is pretty much in the, in the prime of her, of her, of her career right now. She's, I believe 29 years old. She's 
experience beyond. I mean, she's one of the most experienced fighters out there. She's been fighting. She's fought everybody. And, and um, you know, it would be very tough to, to beat her. Now, the WBA champion is our friend Naoko Fuyoka, who is the WBA champion as of right now. And then the IBF champion is Leonela Paola Yudica, who is 12-0. Now, Chavez has already defeated Fuyoka. It was actually her first fight of the uh, tournament, and she already Mm -hmm. defeated her. And Fuyoka ended up capturing the title afterwards. And then the WBO champion is Montserrat Alarcón, who is really a strawweight and who really shocked uh, a little bit when she went to Japan and captured the title via, I think it was a TKO. So... She yeah. wanted to unify that division. Uh, I believe that she she could very easily do it. That was going to be my question. I mean, what about the other girls in the other divisions? So she could she could easily unify it, but I you know, and and that would make her it. Yeah, and and her promoter Promociones del Pueblo, which is one of the stronger promoters in Mexico, um, has the means to put it all together. I mean, the only one that I think will be. Somewhat difficult to get out of, out of Argentina will be uh, Yudica, but she is going to be fighting in the next couple of weeks, defending her title. So if, if she ends up losing, the, the winner will be a Japanese fighter, and, and maybe easier to get into Mexico and fight Jessica Chavez. But let's see what her plans are. As, as far as Esmeralda Moreno, she continues to be the WBC light flyweight champion. Um, no news if when she will be coming back. She does have somewhat of a of a um, of a pending fight with interim champion Kenny Enriquez. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure if the WBC is going to order that immediately after the loss. They might give her a chance to uh, defend it uh, voluntarily, and then maybe she would have to uh, she would have to defend against Enriquez sometime in 2018 to 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 see who will be the full fledged champion. They'll probably give her that yep. chance. I mean, you know, let her have one, and then and then go with who they who they mandate or require to be her next one. After that, I mean, you know, let her get over this, fight one, and then and then go for what you're supposed to have. Yeah. Now, on the same night in Cancun, Mexico, Areli Uncino, former three-time flyweight champion, who actually. Tika Chavez defeated to capture the WBC flyweight title. She scored a unanimous decision in a rematch against Tank K Tsunami in a 10-rounder at also a flyweight scores there were 97-95, 97-93, and 96-93. And on the same card, the aforementioned WBC super flyweight champion uh, Lupita Martinez scored a ninth-round TKO over Carlota Santos in a scheduled 10-rounder, the official time was 1.15. Now, we're still waiting to see if they're going to give La Loba Munoz the rematch against Lupita Martinez. I knew there were some talks as far as this past August of possibly the fight happening, but I guess they couldn't come to some kind of an, an agreement because Martinez ended up defending against this Panamanian Carlota Santos and, and stopping her in the ninth round. She, You know, I watched the fight. She just overwhelmed her. It wasn't anything that she did particularly well as far as Martinez, but she was just so much stronger and, and just um, somewhat of a better fighter than Santos and was able to ultimately stop her in the ninth round with the TKO. So, you know, they say that when you become a champion, you – you become 30 or 40% better. I don't know. I'm sure if I saw that, but I did see a, a much more confident mm-hmm. Martinez in, in that fight. 
I I had heard from uh, one of my one of our readers and uh, one of our listeners that Arelli's uh, Usino's fight with a tsunami was a lot closer than than the scores. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see that fight, but I was wondering if you saw that that fight. No, I haven't. I haven't had a chance. I, I I haven't found the link for it. But I mean, one of the scores was pretty close. It was ninety seven, ninety five. Um, and then the other yeah. one was ninety six, ninety three, and then one the widest one was ninety seven, ninety three. Uh, one was ninety six, ninety three, one was ninety seven, ninety three. So at least one judge saw it pretty close. Um, so I'm gonna try to find the link and see if I can uh, share it with you. Maybe we could talk about it in the next show because I, I looked for it, but I, I wasn't able to find it. Yeah, I, in fact, somebody sent it to me. I'll send it to you. Okay, perfect. And then uh, obviously, I mean, lastly, in the results. Saturday, August, uh, October 7th, I'm sorry, from the Islas Canarias in Spain. Another fight in Spain. Two two fights in two weeks in Spain when they hardly ever have any boxing. Davinia Perez scored a split decision over Jorgelina Guanini to capture the vacant WBC silver 10-122-pound uh, title. Scores there were 98-92, 96-95 for Perez, and then a 98-92 for Guanini. So there you have it. And I believe... Davinia Perez actually is Spanish, so uh, so two two female fights in uh, yeah she's from Spain she's actually from the uh, they she fought in her basically in her hometown so split decision uh, you 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 come to your own conclusion with that um, whereas Jorgelina Guanini I think she's Italian no she's from she's actually from Argentina but lives in Spain so that was the first oh. loss she was unde she was undefeated seven wins. One loss, one draw, with only one knockout. So uh, there you have it. Now we have a, a, the vacant WBC silver champion is none other than Davinia Perez. Um, so that is all the fights that we had for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so moving on fairly quickly to female fight chatter today, David and Amy, it was officially announced that, and I'm very impressed by this, quite honestly, but it was announced that on November 11th, Mariana La Barbie Juarez, our good friend on the show, she's been on the show a couple of times, is going to be defending her WBC Bantamweight title against Alicia Graf in, in Mexico. So, you know, Mariana, you know, at her 37 years old, she's not taking any easy fights, you know? No. She's not that's taking not any easy, easy fights. Fight. No, that's not... and, and, I, and I don't even I don't even know if I don't even know if Alicia Graf is actually ranked in the WBC round or even ranked in the top ten. Uh, I'm gonna try to see if I can if I can find that she, out. But uh, I think <clears throat> I she's she not the man. I don't think China. She's not. She fought. Uh, she beat uh, Noemi Bosques in China some uh, some months ago. But but I, I don't think she's the man. She's not. She's not the mandatory. So I'm thinking this is a. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm thinking she's a, this is a voluntary defense. Now, she's coming off a loss, actually, uh, Alicia Graf. She fought Noemi Bosques uh, back in June of last year, and then she defeated mm-hmm. uh, Cleopatra Tolne in October of last year. And then this year in March, she lost against Bukiwe Nonina, uh, looking for the WBF Bantamweight title she lost in, in South Africa. So she's actually coming off a loss, but she's 36 years old, 29 wins, six losses, 13 knockouts. But we all heard of Alicia Graf. We've seen her fight. Um, she's fought some of the bigger names in the divisions out there, like Alicia Ashley, 
Sulina Munoz. She actually she actually beat Sulina Munoz, the former WBC uh, super flyweight champion, and then Sulina Munoz uh, avenged that loss years later. She beat Esmeralda Moreno, Alicia Grafted, um, and then she's fought big names like Ana Maria Torres, Susie Ramadan. She lost to Selena Munoz and then beating Noemi Bosques, uh, like we mentioned. So, you know, it's not an easy fight. It, it, she's a good, good fighter, and I was kind of impressed that this would be the next opponent for uh, for Mariana. Yeah, I know that um, uh, Amanda Serrano wanted to fight Mariana, mm-hmm. and she was asking and asking, but there was no reply. Um, I, I don't know, you know, whether or not Mariana wanted it or already had somebody in mind. or, But uh, I know that Amanda Serrano did want to fight uh, Mariana. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a that's a huge jump from uh, an Alicia Graf to a uh, Mariana to a to an Amanda Serrano. I mean, the 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 re, the reward against the, the the risk is, I think, a little bit more than than um, than Barbie wants to uh, to 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 have right now. You know, because I mean, this is I mean, Mariana Juarez is one of the bigger stars, if not the biggest female. F- star right now in Mexico. I mean, with, with Jackie Nava oh, doing yeah. her political career and, and Ana Maria Torres, um, you know, retired. And obviously even with Kika Chavez and her great, uh, what she's done recently in her career, she does, she's not at the level as Barbie Juarez as far as popularity. But there's well, only I, so much money. You know, there's only so much money that TV and your promoter can give you. Is she going to get paid all that much more if she were to fight uh, Amanda Serrano? I don't think Showtime's going to come up with the money that Barbie makes. I mean, I, I think Barbie's making like six figures when she fights in Mexico. Do you think that yeah. Showtime's going to come up with something like that? I don't think so. Yeah, well, not well, for I... not for no. Unfortunately, no, they're not. And and, yeah, and, that, and I don't think that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. That is a real shame. And I don't think Mexican TV is going to come up with more money for Amanda Serrano because Amanda Serrano is not not that known in Mexico. Yeah, which is sad. It's very sad. Here you have this girl that won five weight divisions, and she's not known in outside yeah. of uh, Brooklyn and Puerto Rico. Yeah, and, and not that Alicia Graf is better is known better than than Amanda in Mexico, but you know she has a a, a good record, uh, and she's from Germany, which you know it's something that Mexican TV they always try to emphasize international fights. You know, even yeah. though with with Amanda, it would be an international fight because she's Puerto Rican. But, you know, the fact that she's from Germany and, and, and obviously, you know, the risk against the reward is not as 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 deep as, as an Amanda fight. No, yeah. and, oh. you know, Graf is, I mean, she, she's a, um, she's, you know, she's had longevity and everything and, and she's well-respected and well-known. You can't fault her career, and this is going to be a pretty good fight. But it is it is sad, like David said. You know, you have Amanda Serrano that's that's really dominated in her career, and she's Puerto Rican. She should be a big thing. She could be a big thing on the world stage if, for you know, if somebody would just put her there and, and you know get her some not a, maybe not as much money as Barbie is going to make, but get her get her a payday. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, she's pretty well cleaned out everybody over here she's come in contact with. 
and not for a fraction of what Juarez has ever made. And it's funny because uh, Mariana Juarez, I mean, last fight in April, gathered 400,000 people to watch her fight. That, that's still, that, that has to be a record. I mean, I don't, I've never heard of any boxing match, men or women, that had 400,000 people watching a fight. Yeah. I mean, and, and Live person, right there, person. I never have. Yeah, no. that's incredible. You would think that she'd be getting a million dollars for that. At least, or at least a million dollar purse where they could budget it and, you know, give Amanda something or another fighter a lot more money. But, uh, I mean, Mariana is huge. She's huge. Yeah, in Mexico, well, it's, the, and, and, they could, and, and, and honestly, they could sell the crap out of the fight with Mariana and Amanda Serrano because, like you mentioned, David, you know, Amanda Serrano, I mean, once you start, you know, telling people who she is and what she's done with all the her rec, her her titles and then the fact that she's Puerto Rican and and the whole oh, yeah. Mexico versus Puerto Rican rivalry mm-hmm. but yet again I mean you got a very very good good fighter I mean probably one of the top 6 7 top 5 fighters in the world and and Amanda Serrano I mean obviously top 10 uh but I even I got her number to, 2 yeah, even there you go, top five in your list against a Mariana Juarez, who you know a good fighter as well, fighting at a at a weight class that really she's going up, going up to. We saw what happened in her first fight at that weight class against Daliana Romina Bermudez, a fighter that's not even a bantamweight. She's a super flyweight, uh, the Argentinian that beat her against a, a very good fighter, a top five fighter in Amanda Serrano, who's actually going to be coming down in weight. So the day of the fight, she's going to be huge compared to Mariana Juarez. So, I mean, quite honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Mariana Juarez for not, for not really jumping at the chance of fighting Amanda Serrano. Yeah, maybe that, or, or you know, she, she realizes it's if you lose, then all that money goes away too, because she is making a lot of money. She probably made yeah. the most money of any woman fighter in the world. Oh yeah, but the thing about the thing about uh, the thing about Mariana Juarez for for whatever reason is that it doesn't matter if she loses, she always bounces back and she always becomes oh, yeah. the darling of, of of Mexican TV once again. I mean, I mean we seen her. I mean we saw, we saw her lose against Ava Knight in 2012. We saw. I mean and that's yeah. understandable. Ava Knight is a, a very skilled and well, very accomplished wrong, fighter. No, she lost the unanimous decision. Um. In, in, in 2012, and then she lost to t- two fights later. She lost to a, a practical, a practical unknown in Rio Togo from Japan. She was actually stopped in the first round. Remember that? Yeah. And then the girl got caught for juicing. Well, they fought and again. She got what? She got caught for steroid uh, use. Oh. Yeah, or juicing. Yeah. <clears throat> but she came back. She came back and, and beat her in the next fight. They had an immediate rematch. And then she lost to Naoko Fuyoka in 2015. Juarez did. And then she comes back again. I mean, she keeps fighting on TV. They don't take her off TV. It doesn't matter if she loses. She gets back on TV. You know? Uh, Well, she's a a tremendous draw. I mean, and, you know, she's got the talent, obviously. She's got the amazing, you know, she's got the amazing looks. And she's furthered herself outside the ring. She's had some modeling campaigns and stuff like that, and that, that creates, you know, more than 
boxing fans right there. They all want to see her. Good no, point. I know. Yeah, no, it's a totally thing. I mean, she, she, if anything, I, I mean, there's certain things that she has done to market herself that maybe other female fighters wouldn't do. Maybe um, posing for Playboy. I mean, that's a very specific uh, decision that a, a female must make. But other, but besides that, with her calendars and and TV appearances and things like that, I mean. Any any of these female fighters should take a, a page out of her book to learn how to make herself be seen and, and be known. I mean, she's been on the show with us before, and she kind of talked to us about that and said that in the beginning, she she would go on anywhere that she was invited and even not invited, she would crash things and 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 just make herself known. And and she mentions that she, it was very taxing because she was training and, and doing her run and everything. And then she's a, a mother as well. And, and then obviously going to all these events, but at the end it paid off because, you know, now she's in the position she's at where basically, I mean, she's fighting like four times a year at, as well. I mean, she's, she's, she's like you say, David, quite possibly the best paid. Do you think she's better paid than, um, I think uh, uh, Cecilia Breakhouse gives her a run there for the for the pay. It might, as well. it might be pretty close. Yeah, it might be pretty close. Yeah, but but even but like you mentioned, she's one of the best paid fighters out there, female fighters out there, and she still fights like four times a year. I mean, 2016, she fought four times, and, and she and won. Seven, and she won the title against a legitimate champion. Yeah, Kat, oh, she beat the girl that beat the girl. Catherine Fury beat Jasmine Rivas. You know, so uh, that was something that I mean, you 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 saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. You know, so so she, this is gonna be her third fight. I'm pretty sure it's her last fight of the year, but it's her third fight. But she did have a, a title a title win, uh, a world title uh, this year in, in April, defeating Catherine Fitty for the WBC Female Bantamweight Champion. So Mariana Juarez announced uh, today officially that on November 11th. She will be defending her title against Alicia Graff. Anything uh, that you guys have as far as uh, female fight chatter? Um, no, but it's funny because I, uh, I traded um, uh, memos with uh, Mariana, and she didn't really tell me about Alicia Graff. I guess she figured I already knew. I just yeah, found and, out and, from you. <laughs> oh, okay. And then uh, another thing, another thing that that uh, that. I've been following, and we kind of touched on it uh, on our last show, is that Maricela Cornejo keeps kind of hinting at somewhat of some big news coming soon, but she's been saying it for like a month, and she... I haven't and, heard anything. Yeah, and, I, and they, don't, they don't let it out. They don't let it out what it is. I mean, could it be a title fight? Could it be, could it be that she signed with the promoter? Um, she keeps training. She's training out there in the, in the Inland Empire. Um, uh, with Joel Diaz, uh, but nothing yet. No, no fight has been announced. No, no uh, news has been announced. But she's been saying. I mean, she said it. We mentioned in our last show that something was coming, but they they haven't released it yet. She hinted at it too. I believe she was with um, when I saw her at that same brunch at, at Golovkin Canelo weekend. I believe she was with with Nancy Rodriguez and they, they hinted at, you know, lots of hard work and everything's coming together and we're going to have an announcement soon. And that's been roughly a month ago. Yeah. And 
still nothing, nothing, still nothing that's come to light. Yeah. So I mean, more than likely, I mean, she, she, when we had her here last time, which was a couple of months ago, they had mentioned that they were in talks with a promoter. They actually gave us a hint that it was a West Coast promoter, um, and that they were close to the deal, but the deal has not materialized. And, um, and and I don't know if that's the same thing that they're hinting at, but uh, but we'll see when they when they end up announcing it. Hopefully it's soon. Well, it's I mean West Coast promoter that kind of narrows it down to three or four that I can think of. Yeah, and it, yeah, and if you include top rank being in Las Vegas as West Coast, then you know that could be well, actually that could be Bob as well. lives in Beverly Hills. He does live in Beverly Hills full time. Yep. I knew he had a home there, but I didn't know that he actually lived there. So the so he's never he's at is Todd at the office in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Does does Bob have his own plane, or does he just fly commercial when he heads to Vegas? I'm Uh, sure he has his own plane, huh? No, no, he flies commercial. Wow. (laughs) Lots of people always see him at the airport. Ha. The the Bob father. Well, right now he's in uh right now he's in uh on um in Mazatlan. He's trying to put something together for for Gilberto Ramirez to possibly uh do some kind of defense out there in uh in Mazatlan where he that's his hometown. So so that's what they're hinting at. So that's where uh Bob Aram is at right now. Um So uh other than that, I mean, I'm waiting for uh Elena. We're waiting for Elena to call in. But uh, other than that, it's been a little bit of a, even though we had those results, which weren't that many fights, it's actually been a little bit of a slow female fight couple of weeks as far as news is concerned. Um, obviously, there's little things here and there. Amanda Serrano and Cindy Serrano, who we're going to be talking about in a little bit as well, when I actually went down to Puerto Rico. And did they go to, I don't know if they did go down to Puerto Rico, but I think they organized a, um, uh, you know, they they uh, gather some supplies and send them down there to Puerto Rico because obviously of the mm-hmm. uh, of the hurricane that went through this through the uh, island. So so uh, there's that. And uh, other than that, there really hasn't been a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, fight chatter as far as fights that are coming up or anything like that. Right, David and, and Amy, you guys haven't heard anything uh, of anything that's we not happening have... in the next couple of weeks. We still have our two fights in Atlanta on November 4th. Um, I think we're waiting to firm up an opponent for Edith A-G-O-K-E. She's the Olympian. We're waiting to get everything all paper-wise taken care of for that. And then we have the Helen Joseph and Mandy Fuentes title fight for the WBF. And then um, Terry, again, looks to be doing another professional card you know, probably on into 2018. But those are what we have that we're working on right now. And then, you know, I think that um, there was something that caught my eye or my ear the other day. Um, and I think it was about, somebody mentioned something about Michaela Mayer trying to get a date, right. another date really quickly. But I think that's just, I mean, I think that was just chatter. I, I didn't hear any real date or anything, and we talked to her, her last time. Her fight is December so. 9th. Yeah, her, yeah she's, she's fighting on December that's 9th. That's right. Okay, so. that's right. It was December 9th, but I think it was something else 
or maybe she had she had an appearance or did something. I knew she had she was going to be in New York on the ninth, but there's some some little piece of news that flipped by me, and I don't remember what it was. Well, I think she she just this week she because uh, I follow her on social media. She was over at the USA Boxing uh, compound in Colorado, helping some of the guys there spar. Uh, so she, I think she was there all week. But uh, yeah, I, I believe that her next fight is what she told us uh, last show that she was on with us, which would be December 9th on the undercard of uh, of uh, Vasil Lomachenko against Guillermo Rigondeaux. Who's going yeah, they to say that? that cards they say that cards almost sold out, and uh, I was wondering why don't they just put it in the garden, in the main place instead of the theater. Yeah, I wonder if yeah, but I think it's a big jump because I think the theater fits about fifty five hundred and the garden fits close to twenty, doesn't it? Twenty. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's that's a four times the size, so uh that's pretty big. Well, uh we're still waiting for Elena, uh see if she calls in, but uh without that, I mean I think we're gonna have a little bit of a short show here just for the simple fact we weren't able to secure an interview and we just have the the upcoming calendar, but Let's go through the upcoming calendar and kind of spend a little bit more time on, on the, uh, some of the bigger fights that, that interest us the most. And starting tomorrow on Friday, October 13th, from San Juan, Costa Rica, we have Hannah Gabriel, the WBO and, uh, super welterweight champion. She's going to be defending her title against Oxandia Castillo. They had their official weigh-in today. They both made weight. Uh, this is a rematch of a fight that happened right. back in in, Mar- in April of 2013, where where um, it, it looked like it could have been female fight uh, round of the year, where both of them went down in the second round. Gabriel went down in the second round, but obviously got off the canvas and was able to stop in the same round. Oxander Castillo. So being two minute round, David, and both of them going down and actually stopping the fight, it must have been uh, it, it should have been you know action packed that round. Didn't Castillo win the fight? I think she won the fight. Oh, yeah, she did win the win. I'm sorry. Yeah, Gabriel went down and Castillo did score TKO uh, and then actually uh, beat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hannah Gabriel. So Oxandia at that, at that point became the WBO super welterweight champion. But then I believe Castillo never defended the title because in her next fight, she lost to Cecilia Breakhouse. Uh, getting stopped in the ninth round at welterweight, and then after that she lost to Noni Tenge, um, trying to get the interim WBA welterweight title. So she never actually defended the WBO title once she beat uh, Anna Gabriel for it. And Anna Gabriel, after losing to her, fought for the vacant title in her next fight against Patty Ramirez and stopped her in the second round. So Castillo just won the title and then vacated it. And then uh, uh, Gabriel got the opportunity to fight for it again in her in her next fight after losing to Castillo, and she became the the super welterweight champion again for the WBO. She defended that title against Kaylee Reese in October 2015 against Katia Alvarino in June of last year, and earlier this year in in September. She actually conquered the WBA super welterweight title uh, as well as defending her WBO with a 10-round unanimous decision over Natasha Spence. So now she, you have the WBA and WBO 
super welterweight champion Hannah Gabriel defending against uh, her only loss, who is uh, yeah. Oxandia Castillo. So that's, that has uh, the writings for a really good fight tomorrow from San Juan, Costa Rica. And I believe, and you mentioned this to me before, David, that uh, Gabriel is huge in Costa Rica. She's a superstar over there. She really is. Uh, I was at an event where where she fought, uh, defended her title. There was uh, 20,000 people there. At wow. A large uh, so- soccer stadium. And it was crazy. I mean, she was huge. The president of the country uh, attended and spoke on her behalf. And, and it was, it's amazing. It would be like uh, our president uh, speaking mm-hmm. before uh, a male fight. Wow. That, well, I mean, our president has uh, he, he has attended fights in the past. Not as president, but <laughs> in the past he has he has attended fights. Actually, he actually promoted some fights, didn't he, in Atlantic City? Yeah, in New yeah, Jersey. He hosted yeah. fights. Yep. Yeah. Now, so, so tomorrow. Somebody, I have a question. This is sort of topical. So if Trump is at a fight and some fighter has to take a knee, is there going to be a problem? <laughs> good, that's a good joke. Uh, yeah, they might not I mean, want to take a knee come and on. go for the knockout. <laughs> <laughs> who is the who is the W is is um, Breakus the WBC 154 champ? No, no the WBC. Yeah, she's the 147 all the way across. Um, okay, who's the WBC 154? Let me see who it is. Give me one second here. It's, isn't it uh, um, our friend uh, from uh, Detroit, Larissa Shields? Mm, is she the aye, 154? Aye, aye. I don't know. Let me check. 161 or something odd like that. Oh, no, she's 168, I think. Let me see. Uh, I just had it. Oh man, give me one second here. Uh, I just had it. <laughs> well, right now in Costa Rica, speaking of the Gabriel fight, they just went through a, a hurricane, and um, I'm wondering. Okay. I, I was a little curious about that, whether or not that fight would take place. I don't know. So the 154-pound champion for the WBC is Ewa Piatkowska. Oh. So she's from oh, Poland. Poland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the current. Okay. Uh, she's the current um, uh, super welterweight champion. So there you have it. She could try to defend against against. I mean, try to unify with her. Yeah, I mean those. Well, I mean that that would that would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Now, also, be, go ahead. The best fight would be Layla McCarter and Cecilia Breakers. That would uh, be yeah, that fight of the year. Yeah. Now, at, at, at 154 pounds, the, Hannah. See, this is it's kind of well. I'm looking at it right now. Hannah Gabriel, the WBA and the WBO. WBC is Ewa Patkotska, and then the IBF is Chris Namus, Namus from Uruguay. So she would have to go f- after Chris Namus and, and Ewa Piatkotska if she wanted to yeah. unify that division as far as Anna Gabriel. And obviously, as, far as, as long as she gets past Castillo tomorrow, 
which I'm sure that's kind of circling in her head that the only loss and it was via TKO knockout. Um, yeah. You know, it was Oxander Castillo. So that's going to be an interesting fight tomorrow night. Now, as far as Leila MacArthur and Cecilia Breakhouse, I mean, I, I don't think we were going to see that fight, David. I mean, I hate to break it to you, but I mean, we haven't seen it by <laughs> now. You know, how are you going to see it? I mean, she's kind of going, she's making the second run of her opponents because she's fighting Michaela Lauren uh, in the next couple of weeks. And we're going to go over that fight in our, in our uh, calendar, but she already that's beat Michaela Lauren. We, well, yeah, exactly. That's what we, uh, people yeah. got to stop enabling her and saying she's a top pound for pound fighter when she hasn't fought the top people. Because as long as people keep saying she's a pound for pound best, She's going to keep skipping uh, Layla McCarter, mm-hmm. who I think is better, or at least equal. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean Layla's promoter, why isn't Leonard Ellerby doing something on her behalf to mm-hmm. generate that? Well, it's funny because uh, they're, they're, they have confronted K2 many times, and they mm-hmm. know that Layla's willing to go over there willing to fight here or anywhere, but uh, my sources tell me that she just doesn't want to fight Layla. And it's not the promoter. But, it's, yeah. it's not K2. It's the other thing. But the other thing, too, is how can boxing fans call for a, for a I mean, Cecilia Breakhouse, Layla MacArthur fight if Layla MacArthur doesn't fight? You know, out of sight, out of mind. She hasn't fought since April. Oh. April of 2017. That's not that long. Well, no, but does she have a fight? Mariana just fought in April. We're not saying nothing about her. Yeah, but Mariana... Leila was supposed to fight fight next week. But Mariana Juarez... Juarez, You can't can't compare Mariana Juarez and Leila McCarthy as far as, as popularity is concerned. I think more people in the United States knew, know who Mariana Juarez is than Leila McCarthy but, in the United States. But, but that's not my point. My point is that she, if Mariana hasn't fought, and she can get a fight anytime she wants because she's that popular, Leila, why blame Leila if she can't get a fight? It's, it's not up to her. Oh, it's I'm not blaming Leila. put her on a card. I'm blaming her promoter because if anybody has to put on uh, Layla on her card is Mayweather Promotions, who is her promoter. And like Layla told us when she was on the show, she, I mean, she didn't sound all that too convinced to me that that Mayweather Promotions was going to do right by her. I mean, she said, hey, it's another promoter. Let's see what happens. I mean, she said that here sure. live on the show. You know, I don't blame her. I mean, she's a fighter, and I know that she's ready to fight at any time or any place. But I think that if we're going to start demanding a fight against Cecilia Breakhouse, which we should, Layla should be fighting more often so that way we could see her fight and say, wow, this girl really needs to fight Cecilia Breakhouse because she is that good. But if we can't see her, her skills. Is Layla pricing herself out, or is it just being avoided? Well, what I think it is, I think what it is is that – they're trying to get her on TV. Mayweather has no clout for TV. They can barely put on one fight every two months on TV. True. And they have a whole bunch of male fighters they got to, you know, they got to please. And Layla, mm-hmm. got you know, they're trying Jones to put her too. on the Yeah. And, and Latanya is not nearly as good as Layla. Yeah. And Latanya is yeah. like fighting on the TV. Yeah. Latanya is getting built. 
she's getting billed, so they're fighting around the undercards and stuff like that, and and that's good enough for her. But Layla, I mean, there's no building Layla. She's who she is, you know, a veteran of of, of 50 fights. So she's ready to go, but we need to see her fight. I mean, she's had five fights in the last five years. You know, know, and one of those, two of those have been with Melissa Hernandez, right? Yes, 2014 and 2016. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and all these fights that are not on this, on BoxRec because there wasn't boxing, the only one that was televised was her BKB fight against, I think it was Delphine Pursun, right? Or what was was uh, the young woman's name in the BKB? I don't remember. Do you remember that, David? Yeah, Diana Project. Yeah, that was a good fight. That was a oh, great yeah. fight. That was a great Dirty fight. And that, but that's the only one that has been televised for Layla MacArthur. So I'm not blaming Layla. I'm blaming her promoters. Like, you want the big fight? You gotta. She has to be seen so that way the fans can say, "Wow, she's really good." She's gonna call out Cecilia Breakhouse on her post-fight interview, and then they start planting the seed. They can't plant the seed if we don't see her. Well, you've, well, you've got to look at now you have in the Mayweather camp right now, you know, Badu Jack vacated his title. So I don't know what he's going to do there. He was getting to be just about their biggest guy because you'd seen a lot of improvement with him over the years and he's winning. Yeah. You know, so I mean, if they're not if they're not pushing those guys and not getting them fights and he has titles, then what are they going to do for, you know, the guy that I work for, Linnell Bellows? He's 16-3-1, and one, and they're not doing anything with him right now. He's with Mayweather? Yeah. My client, yeah, Linnell Bellows. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the thing, David, like you said, like they, they have no TV cloud. I'm surprised because, no TV. you know, yeah, Showtime, I mean, Showtime is really not broadcasting a lot of fights like they were in the beginning when they had the whole agreement with Al Heyman. You know, so I don't see why Mayweather doesn't try to make some fights on Showtime. I know, I know they have that Fox Sports. I think it's Fox Sports on like on Tuesdays that they put on yeah. fights, maybe like once a month or something like that. So exactly. So, so we'll see what so happens with that. A lot of that. people. The last fight I think I saw was, and I don't remember when it was. I think it was on a Friday night. Jay Leon Love fought AB Han, and a couple yeah. other Mayweather fighters were on there, and it was. That was Ronald Gavril and... Um, that was on Showtime. Yeah. Ronald Gavril and uh, Benavides, um, David Benavides. Yes, that was... I think that, that was, was September that was 22nd, fight. September 28th or something like that. Yeah, but that was on Showtime, and that was the last time they had him on there. And then they uh, had some small fights on Tuesday. Like, there was something a couple of weeks ago at, uh, yeah. at the Cannery in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and those were on Fox, I believe. Yeah, those are those two and those are perfect vehicles for, you know, LaTondria Jones. But, you know, if you're going to get out and promote all your big guys, what you need to do, in, and if you're making European tours because you have fighters like Ashley Theopane and, and you have Badu Jack who are not really American and they're going to other countries, you need to have Layla McCarter on that TMT plane where she can be out and she can be seen. And Cecilia Breakus knows she's moving around out of the United States. You know, she needs to be made aware. Yeah, just be on there and get and be active, you know, and just get some fights. I'm sure you can find some Europeans 
to fight her out in out there in in, in Europe. So and and why not on those on those undercards of uh, Baru Jack? I mean, obviously it's a budgetary thing, but you know I'm sure that Layla is not asking for for six figures to fight. I mean, she just wants to fight. Yeah, and it would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, tomorrow night as well from San Juan, but in Argentina, Leonela Paola Judica, the IBF 112-pound champion, is going to be defending her, her title against Yunoka Furukawa. So we'll see if she continues to be the champ. She's undefeated. Uh, and then Furukawa, uh, she's coming to Argentina and to challenge uh, Judica. So we'll see if she continues to be uh, the champ after tomorrow night. I mean, like we've stated on the show before before it's kind of hard to get the argentinians out of argentina i mean you got oh, yeah. a pretty good penny <laughs> i mean we saw um what's her name uh uh tutti bop jessica tutti bop come one time to mexico and she was defeated by kika chavez and then we saw bermudez come out out of argentina and she came out to beat uh maricela juarez and then obviously we had like lorena taborda who's also come but she's more like an opponent than 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 a big star that, like the other two. Actually, Bop is the bigger the biggest star out there, and Bermudez, I believe, is starting to get known. But try to get like Anaí Esther uh, Núñez, I believe is her name, the one that um, Amanda Serrano was trying to get. They couldn't get her out of Argentina because probably there wasn't enough money. Yeah, they make too much money in Argentina. They get they get televised all the time. Every one of their fights are televised. Um, it's hard exactly. to get them out there, so so we'll see if if uh, if the Japanese fighter uh, Furukawa, who's nine wins, one loss, two draws, her loss came in her second fight to another Japanese by the name of Tei Takenaka. If she ends up winning the title, it's a lot easier to get a Japanese fighter into Mexico uh, than an Argentinian one. So let's see what happens tomorrow night in Argentina with Leonela Paola Yudica, and in Australia. Uh, the same night tomorrow night, we we might see the return because I seen some of her fights be announced or at least uh, put up on box rec and then they end up not having it happening. But Susie Ramadan looks like she's coming back against Nangan Moore Krungta Fonburi, obviously a Thai fighter or Indonesian in a six rounder yeah. at super flyweight. So let's see yeah, what happens. Very good. With Susie Ramadan. Yeah, Susie Ramadan. I'm surprised she dropped down in her weight, though, because uh, she's a bantamweight, and she's hmm. fought a super bantamweight. But she's dropping down a super fly, and that's I'm yeah. I'm kind of shocked. She's a veteran. She's uh 38 years old. Uh, 26 wow. wins, two losses. Yeah, 26 Very wins, fast. two losses, 11 knockouts. Um, she has uh, wins over uh, legitimate fighters like uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, Jasmine Rivas. Well, she lost to Jasmine Rivas. She beat oh, Alicia Graf, and then she mm-hmm. beat. She's actually lost to Rivas twice, but she did. She does have a win over Alicia Graf. So uh, maybe she's uh, she'll be back. It looks like she. This is her second fight of the year. She fought twice last year, so hopefully 2018 she starts getting a little bit more action because at 38 years old and she's trying to go for another world title at some point. Uh, she's not. She's it's not she's not getting enough uh, activity. She was the WBC bantamweight champion back in 2012, and then Jasmine Rivas beat her uh, for the title in 2014. So so she's coming back tomorrow. Uh, yeah, you're right, David. She was the bantamweight champion, and she's moving down to 
to super flyweight. But actually, David, by looking at the record right here, when she fought Jasmine Rivas the second time and lost her title, she actually weighed in at 113 and a half, and Rivas Whoa. weighed in at 117 and a half and a quarter. So it looks like she's been coming down. I mean, she's around there, the super flyweight division. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Now, lastly, from London in, in the UK, Natasha Jones, former Olympian, will be facing Anna Starovoitova in a six-runner at lightweight. This is going to be her third professional fight. She's 2-0. and um, I believe she's a fighter that is somewhat popular in, uh, in, in England and was not 100% sure that she would join the pro ranks after being successful in the, uh, in the amateurs. But then she decided to. She made her pro debut earlier this year in June. Uh, and then she had her second fight in September, and now she's having a third fight of the year uh, this Friday night in uh, in England. So Natasha Jones she, two and zero to knockouts. Go ahead. Is she in her upper thirties or mid thirties? She's thirty thirty three years old. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought she was a yeah. pretty old amateur. Yeah, because I, I think old? she was. Oh, for, for an amateur. amateur. Yeah, because Katie well, Taylor. Hey, Taylor's 31. So for an exactly. amateur as well, you know, for a pro, that kid's that – how many Olympic cycles did Katie Taylor do, two or three? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, she I must, think at least I think, two because I know she was a soccer yeah. star. Yeah, she, she must have done at least two, and I believe Natasha Jones might, might have done two as well. And then they, they, they so Natasha Jones tomorrow in her third professional fight. Now we're moving on to Saturday, October 14th in Guadalajara, Mexico on Sanford, uh, on the Azteca channel. Sanford is going to be giving us Irma La Guarita Garcia going against Brenda La Muñeca Ramos for the vacant, vacant interim WBA 112-pound title. That's a 10-rounder. And also former interim WBA light flyweight champion Jocelyn Arroyo is going to be fighting. They announced her their they announced her opponent today. I think her name is Princesa, Princesa Gonzalez. Just a, she hasn't fought in a while, Jocelyn Arroyo, so I'm sure they're not going to give her anything too uh, tough. But also on the card is going to be Yareli Larios, who is the daughter of of uh, former champion Oscar El Chololo Larios. So she's going to be fighting, and she is actually building up little by little uh, a pretty good record. She's 12-0. She's a featherweight slash super featherweight. 12-0 with two knockouts, so the power is not really there. But she's building up, and she's also fighting against uh, an opponent to be named. I'm sure they named it, but they haven't put it on, on box rec yet. So there you're going to have three female fights tomorrow night, I mean, a Saturday night on the Azteca channel. Irma Garcia against Brenda Ramos for the interim WBA flyweight title. Jocelyn Arroyo coming back after somewhat of a hiatus. And then Jareli Larios building up a record in the featherweight division. Also in Mexico, this fight was not going to be televised, but Jessica Neri Platas, former WBC youth flyweight champion, is going to be facing Maria Magdalena Rivera in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBF 112-pound title. So she went the WBF route instead of waiting for an opportunity and for one of the other uh, major titles. So let's see. This is her first uh, a chance of a title, so we'll see if she's able to get past Maria Magdalena Rivera in Argentina. And Jessica Neri Platas is trained by Nacho Bernstein. Oh, 
Yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah, he trains her and he trains uh, a couple other females that are coming up and obviously Jessica Kika Chavez. And uh, on Saturday night, also in Slovenia, Emma Kozin is going to be facing Florence Mussini in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC International 160-pound title. So the winner there gets ranked in the top 15 and quite possibly at some time in the future might become an opponent or a mandatory challenger for the current champion, Christina Hammer, or if we ever see the fight against Clarissa Shields and his Shields defeats her, then it would be Clarissa Shields. Also, on Saturday, October 14th, from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, uh, DeBella Entertainment gives us Cindy Serrano against Edina Kiss in a Nate Rounder at Featherweight. My question to you, David, is do they even get a room for Edina Kiss at one of the Hotels, or do she just bunk <laughs> with the Serranos? Does she just stay with the Serranos? Because they must know her very, very well. I mean, she's fought Amanda twice, I believe. Yeah. Yes, twice. Yeah. She's fought her and twice. Third and fourth round. Yes, and then is this the first time she fights Cindy? Yes, first time she fought Cindy. In fact, Adina just fought last week and wow. won. She fights a oh, lot. Oh, coming off she a win, a huh? Well, she's yeah. fourteen and five. She's fourteen and five with eight knockouts, which is pretty respectable. Pretty respectable. Yeah. Um, and she fought, uh, yeah, on uh, October first in Budapest, beating a one and one uh, fighter. I mean, we don't know at this point if that is accurate, being that it's in Budapest, and sometimes the records don't get relayed as well as some here. Uh, but she did stop her in the first round in the scheduled four rounder. Uh, so she pretty much just got a win out there. She's faced uh, the bigger names of the division. I mean, she her first yeah. loss was against Amanda Serrano. She's not a bad fighter. It's yeah. just a, Amanda's that good of a fighter. Yeah. And then she's lost this, to Shen. I think this is going to be a good contest. I actually do. I think it's going to be not going to be very easy. You think she's going to give her a run? You're gonna get, yeah, you're, I think so. Because uh, she lost to Heather Hardy twice as well. Yes, she did. That was not bad. Where is well, she from? She's from Budapest. She's from Hungary. Hungary. Hungary, yeah. Okay. Well, so maybe Debella saving some some money there, having her bunk with the Serrano since they know each other so so well. So that is going to be Saturday night at the Barclays Center. Cindy Serrano not defending her WBO uh, featherweight title, but actually just fighting in an eight, yeah. in an eight round in an eight rounder. And, and you know, being in the WBO. True. WBO, they don't have rankings. They hardly ever do any mandatories or anything like that. Um, but Cindy last defended her title uh, in May of 2013. She defended it against Paola Torres, scoring unanimous decision. And before that, she actually captured the title by beating Calista Silgado uh, with the majority yeah. decision back in December. I, I talked to Cindy, and this is she's pretty excited because this is her first fight at Barclays Center. She's never mm. fought there. Her sister has, but she's never fought there. Yeah. She's fought in New Are York. Are they going to have I mean, the but... doors open by the time that she's on? Because I know this last time, or one of the last times Heather Hardy fought, it was before the doors were barely open, and she was that's all mad. That's horrible. That's, that's, that's horrible. ridiculous. And she's a huge ticket seller in that area. Imagine the people well, that know, bought tickets that... to see her. It's it's those people that run those uh, those venues, you know? Is this the same way at Staples and the same way at the StubHub? You get these uh, powerful 
uh, operations, and they don't care what. They won't open the doors. They're just, you know, they're like uh, pseudo-Nazis. They won't open the doors. What what weight is Heather Hardy right now? Well, she's 126, but she's going MMA. Why couldn't she fight one of the Serranos? I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a question for Debella. I think have, it would. I think that show. would be. A, I think that would be a nice little challenge for Miss Heat. I mean, she's sure, saying there's no fight for her, huh? There's a lot of girls in New York at that weight class. Yeah, there's. Well, uh, and she said there's no fights for her. Why? I mean, they're right under her nose. I mean, why does she have to go to MMA? Could she not go to? Does she have oh, to Heather? stay in in her zip code? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know about, about Heather or Cindy. I don't know why they're, they're fighting the same girl. That's To me, that's a question for uh, Bella. We'll have them on the okay. show. Yeah. And Heather hasn't fought since, uh, in boxing, she hasn't fought since uh, May of 2017. And as of right now, there she actually as of right now there is no inclination that 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 she has a fight scheduled uh, anytime soon for boxing. So so we'll, well see. Well, one of the one, one of the problems I'm getting uh, fights for for the for the uh, females has been they can't put them on small shows because of that insurance policy that the New York State has imposed on boxing in that state. They, so that's why it, it's just torn apart the female fighters. They have to fight outside of New York, unless they're on a big show like this one coming up. Well, I mean, if that's what you want to do, and you say you are a boxer and a female champion, well, I mean, you, you could go to, I mean, you could go, what, what's the, what are the rules in New Jersey? Yeah, I well, mean, the, I, the rules in New Jersey are different. Yeah, they are different. In yeah. New York. Yeah, they don't. But it would they be a million she, dollar insurance. Yeah, but she is signed to Lou DeBella, so it would be a, 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 a it would be Lou DeBella actually setting up the show, maybe just right across the border. I mean, I don't know what city is right across the state line from New York because Heather Hardy is a big draw in, in New York. I mean, she sells a lot of tickets in New York. She's been on the show with us before and. And she tells us her strategy. She shared with us her strategy of how to do that. So that makes total sense because I'm sure that her fan base, uh, you know, the majority of them would have no issue going back over the state line. But then that's just more of a question for Lou DeBella and AC license in New Jersey. And does he have the contact needed to be able to put on the show in New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of other things. It's not. It's never... Well, as you as you know, Amy, because you've worked in promotion companies, it's never just a matter of matching fighter versus fighter. There's always these other many things, uh, medicals and insurance policies. And oh, it could be it's, when you work with a human element. It's the most fragile. Ten, it's the craziest thing in the world. I mean, it's like hurting oh, yeah. cats. Yeah, and it's also the fact. <laughs> it's also the fact that all these. If all these uh, 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 fighters that are in around the weight class, Melissa St. Ville, uh, you know, Heather Hardy, Shelly Vincent, uh, Cindy, and Amanda Serrano, it's just a matter of fact that they want to fight each other. Jennifer I mean, Salinas. Jennifer Salinas. Even, even an Alicia Ashley, who's at 122, I'm sure for the right opportunity, she'll go up to 126, you know. 
So so there are all these fighters in that area that keep, that could round robin and put on some good fights, but it's just the fact that they actually want to get in the ring and fight each other. You know, I just I I really I understand that Heather Hardy has a formula and there's there's rules about performing and so on and so forth about about you know the promotional issues that Lou DiBella has to you know adhere to. But good lord, he's been he is a total veteran in the sport, and if you know he could get her in the stub hub. I mean, you know, I mean, I know she is getting a little bit older, but I don't know. I just I just think that, you know going to MMA is is a last ditch effort, and it just it just tells it makes me wonder if you were really wanting to do, to box to begin with. Yeah, they're making a lot more money in MMA, a yeah. lot more. I mean, if anything, I mean Holly Holm. I mean, prime example. I mean, here we have Holly Holm, who at the time of her switch, she was at the top of her of her boxing career. I mean, she was a multiple world champion. She was drawing mm-hmm. three, 4,000 people uh, in New Mexico and she had to make the jump and she, and she, I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm pretty sure she made, you know, three, four times what she was making in boxing. In, oh, in, yeah, in easily, that, easily. Especially in that fight with, uh, with, um. uh, with uh, Ronda Rousey. I mean, there's no way that she could have been making six figures in New Mexico. And I'm sure she no, got. Holly least... wasn't. Holly wasn't starving. No. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, uh, how much do you think she must have gotten paid for that uh, Ronda Rousey fight? Oh yeah, she definitely paid made more. <laughs> she she probably made more than a hundred thousand at least to fight. Ronda well, if Rousey. you think of everything that she's, the opportunities that have come from that, that was an end to a mean. You know, she's she's mm-hmm. always gonna. That 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 victory is going to last her for a long time, and you know Lenny uh-huh. Lenny Frescas I think still handles Holly to some degree, and he's he's very good at getting her very lucrative opportunities. Yeah, yeah, he's always done pretty well for her, even in boxing, but they they just can't compare to the MMA money right now. I mean, I, I'm I'm checking right here, and it looks like. Um, she got like she got about a hundred thousand dollars, if not like a hundred and thirty, uh, with her Reebok sponsor bonus for that Ronda, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, was that fight against Ronda Rousey. So yeah, I mean, Ronda made I mean, about a million. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how many how many fights did how many fights did uh, Holly Holm have to have in in New Mexico selling out the place to add up to a hundred thousand? Probably about five, <laughs> three. You think she's getting twenty thousand a fight in 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 in, in, in New Mexico? I, I I'd be shocked if she was getting ten, twelve thousand. No, no I think she, she was, was about she 20, was extremely 30. well paid. She was extremely well paid. I mean, you know, she's she. Because there was no TV. Was ex- there was no TV when she was fighting in New Mexico. I mean, it was all gate and sponsors. I. I'm just not at liberty to say, but she was. I know her check against Mary Jo Sanders was I mean, was not anything shabby. Mm. Because I there I was there working. I did work through Bob Trigger for that, and it was, you know, it was a good check. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't six figures, but it wasn't crap either. 
she had yeah. to make at least twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah, but also the no other female I mean, fighter I worked for made that much money. I've worked mm-hmm. for you know I've worked for Maureen Shea and I did some work for Holly. I worked for Melissa Hernandez and Terry Moss, and none of them have seen the money that she made at least for for Mary Jo. And then I, okay. I don't. It would be hard to go down after that. Now. Yeah. Also, the exposure that she got from that Roundy Rousey fight was pretty. I mean, it was all. I mean, nowhere comparable to what she was doing in uh, in, in New Mexico. So, so I mean, I see that. I see why a Heather Hardy or an Amanda Serrano, seeing the success that Holly Holm has had in, inside the octagon, wouldn't be at least curious to see. I mean, if anything, Elena Reed, who 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 was supposed to call, she, she made the jump also into the octagon. So there is, there is, it's understandable the curiosity of why they would want to go into the octagon, uh, you know, after not getting what they think they deserve inside the boxing ring. You have to be able to cross over. And I don't, and, and, and Elena Reed and Holly and a few of the girls, they do have what it takes. They're well-spoken they're attractive and they can compose themselves well outside the octagon or the ring. I don't see Heather making that kind of impression. Well, the Heather, I don't Heather, see Heather Betty, being. I, I compare Heather and Holly, and I, I just don't. No. You know. I can't. Mm. But she, she did win her first fight inside the octagon, and I think she did win it by knockout. I mean, obviously, we don't know who she fought. I mean, I'm not too familiar with with that sport. But she ended up winning, you know, so she might be on her way to doing something, but we're going to have to wait. And obviously she's yeah. not with the UFC. I think she's with like a, some kind of smaller promoter uh, oh, as far as mm-hmm. the, yeah, the MMA. Now, on Friday, October 20th uh, from Argentina, Brenda Karen Carvajal is going to be uh, facing Maria Soledad Caprol in a 10-rounder at Super Featherweight, where Daniela Bermudez, who we've been mentioning quite a bit uh, on the show, uh, former conqueror Mariana Juarez is coming back on that card at Super Flyweight uh, against uh, uh, an opponent to be named later. The same night on October 20th, Yasmin Rivas, former Bantamweight champion, is also scheduled to fight uh, That's uh, uh, on the Azteca channel uh, on Saturday, actually, on the 21st. And from Jalisco, on Promociones del Pueblo Televisa, this is going to be televised on the biggest Mexican network, Former WBC Live Flyweight Champion Isabel La Roca Zamora is going to be facing Isabel Millan, former WBF Champion and title, uh, world title uh, challenger for the WBA title against Naoko Fuyoka. Came up short, but she's, they're going to be fighting each other in the flyweight division in a WBC a Eliminator. Yeah, it's a great That's fight. A it's going fight. to be televised. Yeah. Um, so whoever wins there becomes a mandatory challenger for Kika Chavez. And Ibeza Mora, she, she, they've, they've seen each other before, and she's stomp, jumping at the bit and trying to get another shot at, at Jessica Kika Chavez. I know that Zamora uh, beat her in defense of her light flyweight title, and she wanted to get um, – Zamora actually petitioned the WBC to get a direct shot at Chavez for the WBC flyweight title, but they made her go into the tournament – and she ended up losing against Esmeralda Moreno, not only losing the, her spot on the tournament, but losing her title. And now if she wins this fight, she's going to get her shot at Jessica Chavez again. They did fight back in, in uh, November of 2014 where 
where Zamora scored a unanimous decision over Jessica Kika Chavez defending mm-hmm. her WBC title. And I think they fought way, way early in their careers. They fought back in, uh, in 2008. In, um, it was Zamora's fifth fight, and it was uh, Jessica Chavez's eighth fight, and Zamora beat her in a six-rounder uh, with a decision. So this would be, if she gets to fight Kika Chavez again, it would be another trilogy between Mexican female fighters. And, but she first has to get past the very tall, the very tall and the very tough, maybe not as skilled, but very tall and very tough Isa, Isabel Millan on uh, Saturday, October 21st. And it's going to be televised in Mexico. I'm sure if you look for it, you'll be able to sign, uh, find a stream. And also on the same night from Norway, none other than the WBC, IBF, WBA, and WBO welterweight champion Cecilia Breakhouse is going to be facing Michaela Lauren for the second time in their careers, and she's going to be defending her titles from Norway on October 21st. What happens, what needs to happen after that is maybe if they haven't already fought, then McCarter could fight Michaela Lauren. Yeah, if, if, if Cecilia gets past Michaela Lauren, I'm sure Michaela Lauren is going to want to get a win. And then maybe maybe uh, that's what she needs to do, uh, Layla MacArthur, just to you know maybe beat her more soundly and more uh, effectively than Breakhouse did, uh, or if she does on October 21st, and show that she could do uh, much better. And then again, you have to be able to find a way for for for. Um, Layla to be, you know, to get that opportunity opportunity presented to her. Like we said earlier, you know, they seem to have a little bit of a hurdle in getting her out of the gym and into the ring, so I don't even know if trying to get her to Norway would be feasible. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, I mean, like, we, like going back to the, going back to it, I believe that Layla McCarthy just needs to be more active so that people can see her fight, see how good she is, and start asking for these fights. Absolutely. And uh, moving on, same uh, night, October Saturday, October 21st, from Switzerland, Anija Seki will place Cleopatra Tolney in a 10-rounder for the WBC Silver Bantamweight champ, uh, title. And the fight that we spoke of at the beginning of the show, or right before we went on air, in San Francisco, Raquel Miller will be facing Lisa Garland in a six-rounder at Super Welterweight, uh, in the Super Welterweight division. That's an interesting fight due to the fact that Raquel Miller, uh, amateur standout, um, is 4-0, and and she'll be facing Lisa Garden, who has much more experience with the record of 15 wins, 8 losses, and uh, 8 knockouts. So that fight is also on Saturday, October 21st, and from San Francisco, and that should be a pretty good test for Miss Raquel Miller facing uh, Lisa Garland. I heard one other thing. Who's the promoter? Uh, the promoter of that show, I think it's a local promoter out of there. Uh, actually, it's not showing it. I know I've seen it on, on online. Let me see if I can see who it is. I know it's a, a, a local uh, promoter. Let me see. Give me one second here. That's not Beautiful Brawlers, right? No. No. Uh, Blanca. Fame on Sunday, isn't she? I, I couldn't hear you. 
She, uh, Blanca is gonna. I think she's gonna be inducted into some kind of Hall of Fame on Sunday, in in oh, Los wow. Angeles. Oh really? But I'm not sure which which. Yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, I thought talking about that earlier today too. I'm trying to see who the promoter. Okay, here we go. The promoter is because uh, Kareem Mayfield is on the card as well. Oh, okay. It's yeah. uh, I think I think it's Kareem Mayfield, the promoter, because it's called Hard Hitter Promotions, and I know that's his oh, nickname. Okay. So Kareem that's Mayfield, nickname, yeah, yeah. So I think it's actually Kareem Mayfield who is going to be the actual promoter of the of the event in in San Francisco. Who's oh, managing okay. Raquel Miller? Uh, I don't. I'm not a. I don't think that she has a a, a manager, but I I believe that she is being advised by Luigi. Old Celsi, okay. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. He's, he's Maurice Shea's longtime advisor. Maurice Shea, um, uh, Jennifer Hahn, uh, Alicia Ashley. So yeah, he's pretty uh, he's pretty uh, well versed in in female boxing. Uh, well, we've come to the conclusion of the show. We're waiting for a call from Elena Baby Dory, but uh, I believe she got a little bit heavy. We do have a a, a little bit busy. I'm sorry. Uh, it looks like we do have a little bit of a heavier calendar for the next couple of weeks. So we'll be talking about all these results. Hopefully we'll be able to secure an interview on our next show as well. Our next show is scheduled for October 26th. This is the two minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. So without much further ado, anything uh, from you guys to close out the show? I did hear uh, something one. interesting the other day, and that was with Chris Cyborg getting her boxing license allegedly for California that Chevelle Halbeck is trying to challenge her. Oh yeah, I, I did see that. And and, and she did <laughs> Yeah, she did get a license. I mean, it is a fact that she did get a license, but she has not announced uh, anything as far as the fight is concerned, but I did see that that Chevelle Halbeck is trying to make some noise to see if she gets to fight uh Cyborg. But I mean, do you think that whole move was because I mean, obviously the fight that we have heard uh for Cyborg in the past was against Cecilia Breakhouse. So, I mean, is that the end game for her? And that's the reason that she got the, the license because obviously the money fight for her is the Cecilia Breakhouse fight? I don't know. I just know that, you know, for some reason, you know, whatever whatever it was, it piqued Chevelle's interest. And she's, she's been talking about it. Um, Cyborg, I think, I mean... Cyborg is big. Yeah. She's at she's, one... She's easily 145, 147. Uh, Chevelle, yeah, I guess she could fight at 147. She's done it. She actually fought Cecilia Breakers, so mm-hmm. yeah, she could fight uh, Cyborg. But it, it it would concern me, you know. I've worked with Chevelle a couple of different times, and you know she hasn't been, she hasn't fought lately, and she's in her 40s. There's no yeah, doubt in my mind just, she stays in shape. Oh yeah, she's always in the gym. You know, always but, in the gym. um, you know, if I were her, yeah, if you want to pursue that, I would go ahead, but I would, I would have some a little tune up time first here and there. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting but, I mean, play, but uh, but also, I mean, you're going to be finding somebody that who is not, you know, a, a boxer. I mean, I mean, we've seen her, true. we've seen her spar with uh, there is video of her sparring um, Clarissa Shields, 
We just don't know how hard Clarissa Shield was going at Cyborg. Chevelle Hellback has not fought since defeating Victoria Cisneros back in mm-hmm. in August of 2014. So, and she yeah, is. Yeah, and that uh, was wow. a that was a second time around with her and Cisneros. Yeah, and she's 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 uh she's getting up there in age. She's actually uh, 46, 44? 46. 46 wow. years old. Yeah, so she's up there. And for that, that's going to be a tough... Anywhere you put that fight, it's going to be a tough fight to get done through the commission because at 46 years old, they're going to do a lot of testing on you unless you go to, like, Texas oh, yeah. or somewhere like that. I don't think Florida is, is that uh, Oklahoma because I know we have sketchy testing here. Well, then, it's going to have to be somewhere. <laughs> but then if you, it's going to have to be somewhere because at 46 years old, I know Vegas and California and New Texas. York are going to... And Texas... Yeah, Texas, they could do it. But California, New York, and Vegas, they're going to ask for no. more testing than what is normally they do. MRIs, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you're going to have to go to the Mayo Clinic. It's going to cost $10,000 to get those tests made. Yeah, so, so we'll see. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah, so uh, so we'll see. Well, then, uh, with that said, uh, well, we bid you good night here from the two-minute round. Your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is episode number 34. Uh, our next show is scheduled for October 26th. Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And on behalf of Mr. David Avila and Ms. Amy Green, this is Felipe Leon, and we bid you good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.